Hey loves, welcome to The Quick Tip. I'm your host, Dejada. And I'm Kamisa, and we are a part of the team at Sister Afia Community Mental Wellness in Chicago. The Quick Tip is a podcast where we discuss relatable topics and Black women's mental wellness. We provide thoughtful reflections, quick tips, and leave you with some things to take action on to improve your mental wellness. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Quick Tip Podcast. We are doing a series on social support. In our first episode, we're going to be diving into overcoming loneliness as an adult and how do we make friends and build social connections with other people. So one thing that I'm coming across like in our mental health practice is we're seeing a lot of women who do not have friends, who are struggling with social anxiety, making connections with other people. And those things are not just impacting like their mental health, but it's also impacting, I guess you could say, their social health as well. So we'll be diving into kind of like what are the different factors that impact loneliness and, you know, what can we do about it? For sure. So what have have you been seeing with clients that come in saying that they are feeling lonely? Do you think that, um, like, where is it stemming from? Because a lot of people go outside and make friends in a second or just simple interactions with people outside builds a type of connection. And then we also just belong to groups, even if we w- don't want to. So like, you know, being a black woman, you're in a group, you know, being a black woman with braces, you're in a group. Uh-huh. <laughs> it can start on, on simple things like that. So where do you think the loneliness is coming from when it comes to your clients? Wow. I mean, I think one, one thing is that people are more isolated in some ways, like we're more connected and also more isolated at the same time. So people may be pouring more attention into maybe their career or more attention, you know, into maybe their online community or online presence. Or they may have had friends that they were friends with for a long time. And now those friends have like literally transitioned out. Like, they've outgrown their friends or their friends there's might be a conflict with their friends sometimes people move away all types of different things that are impacting like kind of the loneliness and the isolation and what's interesting is that some women are coming to Sisaafia because they're trying to find like-minded people because they're dealing with a lot of that loneliness and isolation so i definitely think it's like a variety of different factors that really impact like people just struggling with making friends. And that's the other thing. I think doing the effort to make friends seems maybe more daunting than maybe it did in years past too. Yeah. Do you think that, because I don't think that there are, there is a possibility people can not have friends, family, especially like how you said, like they move away, but people connect over social media, people connect over dating apps, over text. So do you think that loneliness is only like a physical thing or because like, I guess my question is, 
we have people in our lives. You know what I'm saying? So even with that, how do we still feel lonely? Or is it is it like a is it an inside thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point, Jada. Do you think that like people may have people in their lives that they're not nurturing relationships with, and that could be like what contributes yeah, like, to loneliness? Like, I don't know. Like, I I don't know how. I I think I'm just like surprising myself with the question, <laughs> but. I'm trying to think about times where I felt lonely and I know I've had people in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can say the first time I felt lonely was like around the age 15, 16. And it wasn't because I didn't have people around me. I was in high school. That's high school in school in general. That's where you have so many friends or create those friendships. And I had groups I belonged to. I was on a basketball team. I was in spoken word. I had classes with a lot of people, but I felt lonely at this time because I was going through something that I didn't feel like anyone else was going through. My dad had got into a motorcycle accident and he was in a coma for months and his leg had to get amputated. And then he had to go to rehab for months. And my dad was my caretaker. I lived with my father and it just like my life had changed and I didn't feel like anyone else any other 15 or 16 year old was going through the same thing. And I, and I remember now, like when I was in high school, maybe a year after um, one of my classmates lost her mom to cancer. And I felt a connection to her because her, like her life changed suddenly at a young age. But I do like thinking now, I do think that people can feel lonely because they are afraid that other people cannot relate. Or other people, one thing I think we lack is vulnerability vulnerability and sharing and being open about experiences that we go through. And because we lack that, we think that, oh, no one else knows what I'm going through or no one else can relate. But it's just that no one, we're not sharing. Think. At that time, I, I just remember thinking, like, I never want to feel this. I never want to feel alone or lonely in this again. And after that, you know, like, I just share whatever I'm going through. Or even if it's good or bad, I'm just always open and sharing because I want people to feel like they have someone they can relate to or they can feel comfortable about opening up. Great topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> want to say about this but yeah I think especially like with social media it adds to loneliness but it also takes away from it and I know you mentioned it initially I want to hear more what you have to say about that yeah yeah well I, I appreciate you for sharing like your story of like navigating loneliness and I do think like what you said is very common like people may feel lonely because they may feel like they're the only one going through something or may feel afraid or feel like people may judge them if they share some of the struggles so it's like you're kind of going insular or handling it by yourself and that also contributes to loneliness because you're not you're not comfortable to share what's happening so it's a lot bottled you know inside and 
that's also interesting, even when we think about depression, right? Like there are people who may be high functioning with depression where they're able to, you know, connect with people in all these other spaces, but there's still a feeling of like emptiness or something they'd be missing inside. So while it looks like everything is going good, they're still dealing with some form of, you know, loneliness or something that they're looking for to be fulfilled in their life is not maybe currently happening. Yeah. 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 I really appreciate you bringing up those things because yeah, that's, that's a part of it. For me, I think social media is interesting and I'll talk a little bit more about what the Surgeon General said, but like, it's interesting because you can have 800 friends or a thousand friends or thousands of followers, which on paper, it's like, wow, I'm connected to a lot of people. But what I've learned is the quality of those relationships is different. So you may be connecting with people online, but the quality in the, the quality of those relationships may not be the same. So like you may have people that you may be on an online group with, but when you're looking for maybe a deeper connection or a more consistent connection, sometimes those friends on social media don't always provide that. Yeah, that's very true. I think also it's like everyone's on their own time when it comes to social media, even text messages. Like, you know, in real time, we're able to share ideas back and forth in seconds. Whereas if I send you a text, you have the option to respond right away and have a continuous dialogue, or you can respond in two days, which is like now more acceptable. Um, and I feel like that can break up, that can affect the connection with the person. And also people just are, you can be anybody on social media, like, and we've been knowing that for years. And so like, you could you could essentially be creating a a false connection unknowingly um, and that can cause issues. But and with saying like people aren't who they are, it's just social media is a space where people come for aesthetic. Like, you know, like this is not like this person can be going on like you I feel like because loneliness you go to social media to feel like you have a connection with people like I can relate to this I can relate to that but then you also see the things that you cannot relate to and the trends that you are not a part of and want to be a part of like the FOMO thing we talked about FOMO before and that adds to that and so, like, social media, yes, it allows you to connect with more people quicker, but at the same time, it's a disconnect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. And I also wonder if, like, how social media started out, if people had stronger connections compared to how social media is now. So, like, when I was in high school Facebook came out when I was in middle school MySpace came out so I'm telling y'all my age a little bit <laughs> but we it like I just remember online like it was more so like hey I see you're doing this you're doing that like it was the connections were really 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 rich to me and now I feel like 
the connections that I have on social media are not as strong as like when social media first came out. So I also am curious about that as well in terms of like how social media has changed and maybe how relationships or building relationships has changed over time with the changes in social media. That's a study that they should conduct. Yeah. <laughs> probably, it probably, I'm sure, I'm like, I'm sure someone has or is doing that research now. And now I'm definitely, definitely going to look into it after we record. Because I'm curious. That's a, that's a good question. So oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah, you go ahead. You, we probably about to say the same thing. All right. So the Surgeon General, this is our first topic. So our hot topic or maybe something going on in the news and the culture that we just can't sit on, like we have to talk about it. So the Surgeon General, which I'm like, who is this guy coming out with all this mental health advocacy, which is great. But at the beginning of May, the Surgeon General of the United States shared that loneliness is a serious public health concern. And... I was, I wasn't shocked by him coming out and sharing that, but I was like, whoa, like they're seeing that loneliness can actually lead to poor health outcomes and not just mental health, but physical health outcomes. And so it can take years off your life. And I was like, wow, this is like really interesting, but also really concerning at the same time. So I've been trying to like make sense of it, like, now that this news is out here, like, what can I do, you know, as a therapist to really help people to be able to overcome loneliness and be able to build social connections? Because it's, it's you know, it's absolutely needed because it, uh, literally our health depends on it. And I also wonder if, like, the pandemic almost accelerated the public health concern with loneliness. Because it was not, people talked about loneliness in the pandemic, but I wonder if, you know, it got worse. Mm -hmm. Pandemic talk, I feel like during the beginning and like the heart of the pandemic, so I guess like 2020, 2021, <laughs> people were relieved. They were like, oh, I get to be in my house by myself. You know, I don't got to tolerate nobody. Because, like, every day, like, you know, life just keeps moving. It doesn't stop. And then it, it stopped. It felt like it stopped. You know, everyone had to be secluded. And you just got to be in your space. You got to make your home a temple. Like, you, it just felt so good to be intentional about, I mean, you didn't really have a choice. So it was intentional. You, you had no choice but to sit with yourself. And it kind of felt good. But I think that it the longer it went on it started to negatively impact people and i think that now that it's 2023 we outside everything is open during those two years we we would have made those friends we would have made those connections we would have bonded and would have had these flourishing friendships or you know we just forgot how to talk to people i I feel like I'm such a talkative person. I'm so easy to become friends with people. Uh, and it starts with a simple compliment. Oh my God, I love your outfit. You know what I'm saying? But nowadays I walk outside, I say hello to people. 
And it's like, I said nothing. Like, no matter who it is, man, woman, black, white, Asian, no one is like, hey, hi. like, it's, it's weird to speak to someone or even when I'm on a bus, like, hello. Um, it's like, I said nothing. It's like, everyone is now in their own bubble. It will agree. It it makes sense that it's a public health concern. And we evolve. And so what does that look like when we stop talking to people, when we stop being in community, when we stop feeling like we belong in communities? It's like, you know, what's the next step then? Right. Like you said, it, right, it, it knocks years off of our lives. Like, loneliness cannot be the reason we die out. We, we went through do so it. We can't. Loneliness <laughs> cannot be the thing that it might be lonely because that kid was like that would be insane but yeah I think as I feel like I'm talking so much um, but I do feel like as Sister Afia you all offer so many resources or times where people can come together you create specific groups so like you know the maternal health team they have events for black mothers you know what i'm saying you have the drumming circle and it's for people who are interested in instruments and music and you know like so like there are things that sister i fear that bring people together and do you ever see like friendship flourishes flourish outside of that mm-hmm. or like people show up and now it's just like it's a core sister i fear community group yeah, like, how are you seeing the support resources that you have at Sister Afia affect this public health concern? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to Sister Afia, one of the things that I intentionally did from the beginning, like way, way back when we started, was that community support was actually the focus of it. And so bringing women together has always been literally the core part of Sister Afia. And we have had women who've come to in our events who do build friendships. Some people bring their friends with them, you know. And so I think it's a really beautiful thing that we're able to offer that as a mental health organization. And I think that Black women, we do a really good job of like socializing in terms of like, once we find a friend, once we find somebody we connect with, like, I think we do a really good job of continuing to nurture those connections. And we see that, like, at Sister Afia, which is a really beautiful thing. But I think that there could be more things out there that could really help to bring people together. Like, I think about meetup groups or, you know, even so many Facebook groups where you can, like, meet up. Like, there's a couple therapist groups that I'm in. They have, like, a monthly meetup. And it's like, okay, now I'm connected with like-minded people or or executive directors, you know, like like-minded people or even something I'm interested in. Like I did a, I've been doing watercolor painting since the beginning of the year and I did a pottery class last year. And so like, I'm able to find a network within that so that, you know, I'm continuing to nurture those, those connections and those relationships because it's, it's really, really important. So I think some of the 
ways for people to be able to overcome some of the loneliness is to be able to connect with people in, in things that they're interested in and things that are appealing to them already. Like think about how many black women go to like a Beyonce concert or something like that, right? Like you could start a group off that, like a beehive. I don't know. I'm just talking out loud, but I think there are so many missed ways that we can connect with other people. And I think that therapy and other ways to express ourselves can be really, really helpful to be able to move out of that loneliness space. There's some things that are happening in the mental health space, which is focusing on peer support, which is like people who have already experienced a mental health condition, helping other people who are experiencing it as well. So that I think is just great. And I'm excited to like think about ways that that can look like, what that can look like at Sister Afia. But I think that more is coming out there. It's just like being able to know what we're interested in, what we need most. And like, as you were saying, just being able to just express it so that we're not dealing with these things by ourselves. Yeah, I think peer-to-peer support, amazing. Because I know that mental health first aid training as Sister Afia that you host. I I feel like I've definitely, because I remember I got certified and it has been helpful with navigating conversation with my peers regarding like their mental health conditions and being able to plug them with resources uh, and just even being able to be a comfortable place for them to come to. So everyone should look into getting certified in that. But also how you said that there are misconnections. I often think that we tend to do a Google search for groups that we feel like we would enjoy or belong in. And sometimes we can't find it. And so we're like, oh, there's no, there's no, there's nothing out there. There's no community for me. But it's like, we can create that community. And I'm sure there are other people who are in similar boats and they, yeah, like we should not be afraid or fearful to start a new group or join a group. You know, like one thing that I'm interested in is because I, I'll say this, I feel like I felt lonely probably before I started this new job that I'm at and I didn't feel like, even though I'm friendly and I'm outgoing, I didn't feel like I was ever in the right place. But then again, I never go outside. Like, you know, I hop on the train, hop on the bus, go to work, come home, (laughs) spend time with my family. And that was, that's one issue. I do this routine that does not involve talking to other people or being open to people even talking to me like you know I'm always on a train with my headphones in and it's like well how can I talk to someone to talk to somebody that I can't hear them right (laughs) and it's just simple things like that so now I'm like intentional with being present whenever I'm in public so that not only I can be observant of my surrounding but if I'm observant and I see someone whose style I like or is similar to mine now I can walk up to that person and have a conversation. 
And this goes to making friends as an adult. Like it starts with the simple things. Girl, that fit is hot. Where'd you get from? I love Akira for real. You know them deals they be having? And now y'all going on a shopping day. You know, it starts as simple as that. You find something that y'all can connect on or you ask questions. Even if you you are a more reserved person, change can be good. I feel like change is often good. Change brings in new opportunities. And all it takes is a Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To take a step. Yeah, because if you do if you if you're doing the same things, you're not gonna be able to experience something, something different. Um, and also the last thing I'll say is nurturing the relationships we already have. Like how many of us have friends we only talk to once a year? How many people only hit somebody up for one thing? Like what does it look like to nurture all the relationships that we have and put time and put effort into it like that that is something that I really focused on over the last year because you know work can just overtake me um and so I'm like every month at least hitting my friends like let's get together even for people who are a little bit more busy even if it's once a quarter like let's hang out or just calling somebody like hey I was thinking about you how are you doing like, I think that there are relationships that we already have that we can definitely nurture. Um, so our on the couch question, which is the last thing that we'll touch on in terms of the podcast today, which our on the couch questions are questions that people from the community ask us and we answer them on the podcast. So as wrote in with a question i am shy and have trouble coming out of my shell to make friends what can i do to overcome this so Jada, i feel like you're the like you're great to answer this question (laughs) so i did i did a little research on how to overcome shyness and making friends a couple things that i found was I, th- I think it's a little shadow work. Like, see, like, try to get an understanding of why you're shy. Um, so is it like, is your is your mom shy? Did you grow up in a shy family? Or did you experience something in childhood that made you shy? So, like, dig deep. Try to get an understanding. And then also identify goals. So, like, I want to make friends, but I'm shy. What first step can you take in order to make friends? Step out, take a walk. You see people, that's, it's literally the first step because after that, you go outside and now you're going to a place. So now you walk outside, you go into a local coffee shop and you have to talk to people, you have to order coffee. You Maybe someone, someone says, hey, can I sit here? Oh my God, now you're sitting with a person. <laughs> you know, like it just... Yeah, so just try to get an understanding of what causes you to be shy. And then also identify goals that you will want to accomplish, even though you are shy. I think you should always be comfortable with who you are and find your strengths and hug your weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my advice. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard when you're shy as a 
introvert. I'm an introvert. People don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I am looking at introvert, and I can be shy, so I know what you're going through. One of the things that helps me is like how what Jada said, just sparking up conversation. Like I like this is random but related. Like I love watching dog videos on YouTube. I don't know why. I just I don't know why. So every time I see somebody with a cute dog, I'm like, I gotta, you know, I gotta say something because that dog is so cute. <laughs> but it's that's like one of the ways that I make conversations or thinking about conversation starters. Like sometimes people who are shy, it's hard to interact because we don't know what to say. And so it could be, you know, making a list of like 10 conversation starters that I can have to get to know somebody that I may see like in my community or something like that to really get comfortable. Because usually what people ask when they meet you is pretentious and it's like, who are you? What do you do where you're from? Those like the main three things, but what would it look like to have deeper conversations with people and being able to prepare for that? So thank you, Ash, for your question. We hope that what we shared is helpful. And so now we're going to go over just some final quick tips. So, Dejada, what are your final quick tips for people who are trying to overcome loneliness and make friends? Mm -hmm. My quick tip is to be open to meeting new people in spaces. Yes, be open to meeting new people in spaces that you already belong to. So if you are a basketball player, go to an open gym and be open to making friends. Being present when you're outside and also being approachable. Those are my, my quick tips. How about you, Kamisha? So my quick tips are one of the things that you shared, Jada, having a place, a safe place where you can express yourself, whether that's with trusted friends, whether it's with family, whether it's with people who may be in a helping profession, a mental health space, coworkers. Um, also nurturing the relationships that you already have, like trying to dig deeper with those relationships and bringing in old ways of connecting. Like I think about my grandma, like she is like a master friend builder. Like she's like, you know, old Southern Belle, she joins this club, joins that club, active in church. Like she, and that's how she's built social support. And so I think of like that old, the older ways of connecting was just joining different things and seeing what relationships can come out of them. Great tips, great tips. So thank you all for listening to the Quick Tip Podcast. We will have more episodes in our series focused on social support. Take care of all of you and be well. Thank you for tuning in to the Quick Tip Podcast with Sissa Afia. Stay connected with us by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Sissa Afia. Join us for one of our upcoming groups, classes, or workshops, and sign up for therapy if you're an Illinois resident at www.sissaafia.com services. And if you enjoyed this episode, do us a favor and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate you for being a part of our community and we look forward to connecting with you soon. Take care.